Presented by ACLI, Fonseca, IRI, NAFA, and NAFA. Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. It's Friday, January 5th. House Democratic leaders, obviously eager to defend Joe Biden against a GOP impeachment effort, are girding for battle behind the scenes. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries has been holding private meetings with the lawmakers who were involved in Trump's two impeachments a few years ago. They're trying to game out strategy and messaging. That's a scoop that comes courtesy of my colleague Nicholas Wu, who reported on these sessions in Huddle last night, which, by the way, starting next week, will now be called Inside Congress. Mark that down. House Democrats also went on offense Thursday, rolling out a report finding that former President Donald Trump's businesses received at least $7.8 million from foreign governments while he was in office. This report has Jamie Raskin written all over it. Raskin, as somebody I know may have written in a book a while back, had privately pressed Pelosi to pursue emoluments violations as part of the impeachments of Donald Trump. She rejected him back then, but now Raskin is releasing this report, and Democrats are absolutely going to use this to try to whitewash any allegations that Republicans try to drive at Joe Biden. Republicans don't yet have evidence that Biden in any way benefited from his son's business dealings with people abroad when he was vice president. And yet Democrats are now able to show that Trump, while in office, was actually padding his pocketbook. Now down south, Florida abortion rights advocates are on the verge of a major breakthrough that could shape abortion access through the south. And joining me now to discuss his story up this morning is our Florida-based health reporter, Eric Sarkissian. Good morning, Eric. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. So tell us what you're seeing in Tallahassee. So as of right now, we just got word from the the state's high court that they're going to hear oral arguments in an initiative to essentially pass an amendment that would enshrine abortion access in the state constitution. Uh, At the same time, when the court has scheduled these arguments, the amendment process, which needs 891,000 uh, uh, voter signed petitions that have been certified by county supervisors. They, they're inches away from reaching that as well. So this is really all, all of a sudden, all of this attention on the abor- issue, issue of abortion, especially with the contrast of conservatives trying to, you know, embrace more restrictions after Roe, all of a sudden we're, we're focusing on Florida because things are all of a sudden getting very tight. Yeah, and it's interesting, obviously, because Ron DeSantis still running for president, big presence down there, clearly. So before we get to the court, tell us a little bit more about this ballot initiative. It would have protections until 24 weeks. What does it need to actually pass? The protections, essentially what they would really do, which is what abortion rights advocates would really like to do, is roll back the ban on abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy that the legislature had passed in advance of the decision by the U.S. Supreme Court that dismantled Roe versus Wade. After that high court dismantled Roe versus Wade, then Florida came back and passed an even tougher ban after six weeks. So that ban after six weeks will take into effect after a separate state Supreme Court case on the 15-week ban is adjudicated. If the high court sides with that case, then the six-week ban takes effect. So there's a lot at stake here. And if voters approve this measure and put it in the Constitution, it would virtually stop those bans and it roll things back to the way things were previously, which was around 24 weeks. 
Huge snub to Ron DeSantis there if that goes into effect. Well, Republicans are trying to keep this from happening. Talk a little bit more about the state attorney general who's like challenging this even being put on the ballot. Is that right in Florida? Right. So the pro- the way the process works here is they obviously uh, an initiative in order to be qualified for the ballot, they have to reach the 891,000 signed voter signatures that have been certified, which is one process that recently was made tougher by the Republican legislature. The, the state attorney general can review the amendment for, you know, any legalities. And if they find any problems, they can uh, tell the, the, the state Supreme Court to go ahead and, and rule against this. The state court, high court doesn't have to do anything. But in this case, they've decided they're considering it. And after oral arguments, either they could oppose the amendment and, and it would not make the ballot, or they could vote favorably, or they could do nothing by April, then the, the ballot question will, will go before voters in November. It's interesting, too. I mean, Ron DeSantis, I read in your story, has appointed five of the seven justices. So definitely a conservative bend on that court. It'll be interesting to see what they say. Right. One interesting angle with that, too, is that during the so they had the oral arguments for the challenge on the 15 week ban in September. They were focusing on the state's privacy right, which was also the result of a ballot initiative that voters approved in 1980. The justices at the time were asking a lot of questions about whether voters knew what they were voting for because that privacy right, which was not advertised at the time as being, you know, as a protections for abortion, suddenly became part of court precedent that had blocked dozens of attempts by Republicans to restrict abortion. So the question of the impact of this law, which is what the state attorney general is arguing, the proof is in the pudding and the devil in the details is basically her argument, how this is going to impact things down the road. This is a thing that the justice is already looking at with the 15-week the ban challenge. They're probably going to be looking at it again with this amendment to see if we're going to have to see this again, essentially. And this is happening in about a dozen other states, right? What do we know about such efforts nationwide in their success just in the past few months, actually? I think the greatest signal for the effort to have these measures passed, it was Ohio, because Ohio is similar to Florida, where it has a Republican-led legislature, and they had passed some restrictions that were very similar to what Florida had done. And the voters essentially spoke back, and they actually approved an amendment that nullified these stricter bans on abortion. It was considered a huge win. But if you ask organizers in Florida, they said, did it help us? They said it, it gave us it gave us some wind in our sails. It, it, it gave us, you know, some undercurrent that they needed. But it wasn't essentially, it was essentially a grassroots movement that I think even people who are just observing this from the outside in the era of ballot initiatives, and they're saying that there's just a, and a tremendous amount of volunteers who are coming through the woodwork to help out here. So that's that's unique. Yeah, between Ohio and, I mean, Kentucky's Democratic governor, Andy Bashir getting reelected on, you know, campaigning that their state's abortion rights were too strict and also Democrats in Virginia flipping the state house. Democrats very much still seeing a political boon on this issue. So we'll see if they're able to put this on the ballot and see this happen again in Florida. Eric, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And for the rest of your schedule today, the Senate and the House are out and President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will travel to Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. There, the president will deliver remarks at a campaign event that is expected to talk about January 6th and the importance of protecting democracy. Another snub at Donald Trump. In the evening, he'll head to Delaware for the weekend. The music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Callan tansel Sudit is our awesome podcast producer. Annie Reese, Mike DeBonis, and Zach Stanton are our editors, and I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening.
Congress led the way to update retirement policy for workers with bipartisan legislation in 2019 and 2022, expanding access to guaranteed lifetime income from annuities. A Department of Labor proposal undermines this progress by limiting access to greater certainty throughout retirement for people who need it most. Stand with us to protect options for retirement savers. Protect retirement for all.